We're here with Travis Hagen of Cosmic, Pleaser, Patty Melt, the New Highway Himmel, the Migs, Fat Creeps, Gracie. They also went under the name Palm Sunday at a show at church on Sunday, October 5th, 2014. Uh, Wakes, Soft Eyes, Candy Miami. Played in the Prefab Messiahs at our Ramalama Ding Dong Fest show on April 29th, 2016. Half Sour, Blau Blau. Let's see. Uh, Splitting Image, Love Strangers, <laughs> Chill City Icon, uh, Head Train, Redad, <laughs> Radskull. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, will you play at a few shows in Thunderbloods? That's right, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he was in the Wu-Tang Clan. He played in The Grateful Dead. He was Aww. also one of the Partridge family. <laughs> anyway, so it's been quite a career. <laughs> oh, thank and you. Old time friend from way back at UMass Law. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for the introduction. That's uh you remembered some that I didn't remember. <laughs> yeah, this has been this was my favorite introduction. Because we've yeah, we do try to do that with most of them where we where we do like an introduction where I just try to rattle off every band I can think of someone's been in. And so I've been looking forward to this one for a while. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> well, it's an honor to be here. Ah, yeah, hey, no, pleasure's all on this uh, <laughs> When the hell did you two um, meet? Yeah. I don't remember the year, but I remember the place, of course. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was at the Dirty Douglas. I, I'm sure you guys know the year, Chris knows the year, but so, it's got to be like 2011, maybe? Yes, so it was yeah. Thursday, September 1st, 2011. Oh my god, do you remember the date? Yeah, and so I it was at the Ant Cellar, actually, but very oh, close. Yeah. Which, for those that don't know, their classic <laughs> lol 2011 <laughs> host show history, yeah, that's right. uh, the Dirty Douglas house was located right next to the Ant Cellar house, uh, Ant Cellar. So yeah, so extremely close. Um, and yeah, I remember uh, our mutual friend of ours, Justin Cole, had recommended a show to me, and it was Travis's band, New Highway Himmel, uh, Fat History Month, and this band from Australia called Kitchen's Floor. And I just remember, like, I had actually, I'd been to the Dirty Douglas, but I hadn't been to the Ant Cellar before, and I was there, like, extremely early. And I remember just <laughs> seeing Travis and Amelia and Lucas and Haddon uh, in the New Highway Himmel, and just kind of, you got... You guys were like under like the light or something like under in like the like the doorway and I was like is there a show here tonight and I was like uh yeah yeah totally and I just remember like I'm like oh okay and then I just started chatting about like you know bands and stuff like that and I remember we walked to the Hess gas station and I immediately did that I was like oh you know you guys are all really nice people and everything and especially I remember Travis I remember you and I talking about just like the music program and other stuff like that at UMass Lowen. Yeah, yeah. It's like immediately like gelled. I'm like, oh wow, this is a cool cat. Yeah. Yeah, totally, man. I remember that. That's awesome. I had forgotten that it was that exact show. And Kitchen's Floor was a really fucking great band. I loved that show. And uh, yeah, yeah, totally. that was so cool. Like it was so serendipitous. Like I couldn't believe that there was somebody who was into like all the cool music in Lowell that was like also going to the same college. Like obviously everyone at the Dirty Douglas and Ant Cellar was down, but you just had like a very specific interest in a lot of the same music that I was getting into through like being a new high and stuff. And Lucas was always showing me like a lot of, a lot of good tunes that you guys 
both were recommending to me. So it was like, that was cool. It was very serendipitous. I needed that at that time in my life too. I was feeling really like uncertain if I wanted to be in college and like if I wanted to stay in Lowell. So it really struck at the right time, that whole scene, you know, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. And totally. yeah, and Kitchen's Floor on that same tour, which I believe Fat History Month, like accompanied them on that tour. They were like, you know, touring with them. Uh, Kitchen's Floor played at Goner Fest that year, Goner Fest well, from yeah. Memphis that, uh, you know, Glenn and I are always big into. And I actually, um, I actually did. I don't think I even knew them. I knew Goner and everything, but I don't think I knew Kitchen's Floor, but I knew like, um, there are like other bands, like I think one of the members is in Eddie Current's Suppression Ring and like some of those Australian bands and stuff. Yeah, so yeah. like this real, like perfect marriage of, of, uh, you know, just local music and, uh, and then like this other wider, like garage culture and punk culture that, uh, you know, we, we were all getting into at the time and, you know, it was just a, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm getting uh, goosebumps just talking about the old, the old, you know, the old days. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah. So many fond memories at those two houses. It was so cool that those two, like, the people who rented those houses just, like, made it happen with the two places next to each other. Because they both had, like, basements that brought their own, like, unique vibe to the whole thing. Um, the booking was, like, different enough where, like, shows could kind of coexist and, like, you could even bounce back and forth between shows. And like their yards were basically connected. It was just such a, a cool scene. It was like, it was like the shit you see in movies sometimes. Just like big party scene, but like really good positive vibe. It's great. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It definitely felt that way. Um, yeah, and I was, uh, you know, you you were tied in with like the music and everything is like being like a music major and being in, in bands. And um, it's funny, like I had friends and stuff like that before I'd gotten into it that were you know in like uh the you know the a bit of the music scene there but i actually didn't really know much about it and everything so like stumbling upon it really was did feel like it was like this sort of discovery and um that was i mean that and a couple other things that was really like my vessel to the the boston music scene yeah you know in a lot of ways and i started seeing like new highway himmel at shows in Boston and, and like listings and stuff like that. And then some of the bands that were coming through like Gorilla Toss or Fat Creeps, um, you know, we're playing it in Boston and everything. It really was a nice like segue. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. For us too. Cause um, we hadn't played that many, or I guess we had started to play Boston by 2011, but Lowell was really like, it was sort of, it felt like the first place we could actually like get some gigs, you know, that, that were like fun to play and everything. And we met like a ton of, great Boston bands that like, you know, got us on great shows like Fat History Month and Fat Creeps, of course, like all at those Lowell shows. So it was a great, like, uh, like, a, like a funnel for us to get into Boston as well. You know, it was, it was cool. And for that to happen like down the street from where my apartment was, was even better. Totally. Did yeah, you, totally. Did you come from, were you local, Travis? Did you grow up around here? Yeah, I grew up in Haverhill. Oh, that's right. Um, so yep. just just north of Lowell, yeah, uh, thirty minutes or so. Was and there? Then, uh, yeah. yeah. Had... Oh, sorry, you oh. go on. Oh, well, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, New Highway Handle started in Haverhill, like um, at the end of my senior year in high school. Oh. Like I kind of grew up with, um, yeah, with Haddon and Amelia and, and Lucas. We just kind of knew because he was like, we all went to like different. We none of us went to Haverhill High, but Luke did, and. He was just like the most ripping guitar player in Haverhill at the time. So we just ended up kind of hanging out with him. And then the band just yeah. sort of formed 
gotcha. from the ashes yeah. of a few other bands. Yeah. I was going to ask about that. Yeah. So, yeah. You, so you brought that to Lowell once you went to college. Exactly. Yeah. 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 We started the band at the end of high school and then we just like practiced a shitload that summer. And then, uh, yeah, when we, when I went to college, like we still kept playing and then Luke came to UMass Lowell the next year. So it kind of made it like even more of a Lowell centric thing. I got you. So, so with the, the, playing shows at Lowell, like, like the Douglas or whatever, like, who, was it just other music majors that, that told you about those places? I kind of forget how we found out about it. I think probably from Nick Eggersheim, because um, uh, he was also in the uh, percussion department, which is where I know Justin Cole from right. as well. Um, and I think maybe Nick invited me to a show or, I'm trying to remember, I, I sort of knew about it, but I like, I sort of felt like I wasn't cool enough to go at first. And then like, <laughs> yeah, I finally, felt, I felt that way too. You, you know what I mean? Oh Cause like God. you go down the stairs and like everyone knows each other. And like, I wasn't old enough to drink yet or anything. So it was just like very um, uncomfortable for me in a way. But then I felt like obviously very welcomed by that whole crew. Cause everyone's super nice and just happy to have other like-minded people around, you know? Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I kind of forget what the first show that I went to, man, I wish I could remember. It was probably with Justin Cole, though. That would be my guess. Yeah. yeah he's it, actually... it... Oh, oh, sorry, go on. Sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, he's the first, uh, first close friend I made at Lowell. He introduced me to a lot of good stuff. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I didn't meet him, or I think I met him briefly um, my freshman year, but, but I didn't really meet him until, like, my sophomore year. But it was funny, um, and I didn't go to my first house show until – my sophomore year but it was actually my roommate Jimmy um shout out to Jimmy uh that he uh he actually told me about the shows because it was really it was funny he was friends with Brett who lived at the Douglas oh yeah, and, yeah. Uh, it's funny yeah Jimmy didn't really go to shows or anything but he hung out with Brett and he was like he's like he knew I was had the blog the kids like you and me blog and he's like oh you're writing about all these bands he's like oh my friend they have like uh bands play in their basement and everything and it was really funny it's like I had heard of that concept before like you know just like yeah yeah you know what I mean but I like we talk about house shows a lot on the podcast like one way or another it just winds up you know going to that point and I think yeah. you know it, it's obviously like we're it, it's so awesome to like talk about all this stuff from the past but um with everything with the going on right now in the world where it's like we don't know where you know regular uh, music venues are going to be it's like the underground and like house shows and diy shows are uh, you know they're always vital but i just totally. feel like it's just like if i can't stress that point enough you know um just the importance of of those of those uh venues and those those spaces uh you know it's just so funny like that that concept i like i i feel like you know like i had heard of it before different yeah. venues i definitely had but um i just remember like going to the dirty douglas and that, that was for glenn and me our first house show and just being like wow okay so there's there's like a scene here and there's yeah, people yeah. Like, organizing a show and you know there's people out here to see this band and they have merch and it's like even if it's on like the washing machine or wherever it is or something like that, <laughs> yeah, yeah that's like the merch and it was just it really like hit me in a way that i like i i really can't even like it just like did you know whatever like notion I had before like oh that sounds cool like it didn't like hit me really till I experienced it yeah totally I I know I know what you mean like 
when I was in high school, we played the odd like house show in someone's parents' backyard, like occasionally, just because like somebody was hip enough to know like a touring band who needed a show and like oh, wow. you know, maybe like a little indie folk show in someone's backyard. And um, but I hadn't like been to like the raging like basement rock show yet until Lowell. And it really did like it hit me as well. I'm like it's just so cool how those spaces I don't know how to put it into words really, but like there's something about the Dirty Douglas, like that space just like created the perfect like thing for music. It like sounded great. The ceilings were like just the right height. So like you could always kind of see and like the music always sounded good because it was like insulated and it was also like didn't disturb the neighbors and like I don't know it's just like cool how like that could just happen somewhere you know like somebody's lucky enough to rent a place with a good basement and do that it's cool <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah we've thought about this a lot and I think it's one of those things that you know because there's definitely some excellent you know of course there's some excellent uh you know like venues oh yeah that are, of course yeah I mean of course but uh there's something about a host show that you just even like the coolest uh spots uh, you still can't totally ever rep- replicate it. You still like can't ever like totally like recreate something that's at a that a house spot like a house yeah. show. And I I think that it's just that the fact that like it really gets to the crux, the core of like DIY or punk or any sort of underground scene. It's like you're literally making something out of like you know what like little you have you're going to create like something yeah yeah totally this spot over here that's where it's going to be it's like yeah someone's basement or living room or like the backyard that's like that's your i don't know it's kind of funny this is probably not the best analogy but it's almost like when kids like party in high school or something (laughs) you know i mean think about like regularly if you know i mean yeah sure you can go to a party and everything but a lot of times adults they might go to a restaurant or a bar to drink or whatever some kids might find like let's go hang out in like the mcdonald's parking lot (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) whatever it's it's like like taking whatever you have and then making something yeah it's like born from necessity yeah exactly and i feel that's the more succinct way of putting (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. no i like i relate to the parking lot analogy i definitely remember like the cool spot in amesbury at one time which is where i spent a lot of time uh, in high school like the cool spot was like to hang out in this parking garage and like in retrospect it was the shittiest place to hang out of all time but like there was one crew of people who just liked to hang out there (laughs) so it's like it kind of relate i relate to that um yeah i it's actually something that I've always really liked about um, playing shows in small towns, like places where like for some, like something fosters a good scene. Like in Lowell, it's like, there was a, there were a lot of things like the school is there. So you have people who are interested in music, but also there was like the 119 gallery and like, yeah. you know, people like Walter who were like really fostering the scene and Mike Daly were like really fostering the scene, like making sure it's happening there. So like people have places to express themselves. And it's just like that, that combination of energy and also like, not having enough to do but it's close enough to a major city so like a cool band might come up it just like makes everybody come out and everybody has a good time and like i don't know i really really like that about um those sort of towns that aren't in a major city like lowell and worcester can be that way and providence although providence is its own big city but you know what i mean it's like it's cool absolutely yeah um yeah unfortunately it's like i'm not as well acquainted with uh worcester um, even even Lowell, I haven't been in a in a while. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, to be, honest, uh, to be honest, but uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I I always see stuff from Worcester. I just like, I just never really made it out there. Uh, yeah. Oh, like it's a great. Long time ago. 
Yeah. Oh, I know. I, I know. I really, that's like one of my goals is to, at some point, is to go <laughs> like visual, play a show or something. Or yeah, go to yeah, a show. you should. Or even go to a show. But like, I've just known of these places like Distant Castle or whatever for like years. I've just never been there. Yeah, but. yeah. They're cool. They have their very own, very Worcester um, specific magic to them. It's very cool. That's a place where people really seem to make shit happen. Like, like the firehouse, you know, you go in there and it's like this huge raw space and people have just like, like, uh, I don't know. It's like, it's just malleable enough where people have like turned it into like what they need from the space. And it's really cool. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Um, We were, we, uh, uh, we have, uh, I don't know if you've ever been to New Bedford. I, I mean, I've driven through, but I've never really like been. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, totally. Uh, we have some friends there and like there, there's, there's a really nice like scene there as well. If you're like ever, you know, for like a small town kind of show, it's like, that's a really cool spot. And that's uh, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I recommend, uh, there's a few bands, too, that I think you'd dig, like uh, Picnic Lunch, um, Mike Mountain, uh, Carl Simmons. Uh, oh, Bailey I don't know these folks. Yeah, Bailey's Band's another one. They, it's it's a really, like, uh, it's a nice little town that's, you know, but they, unfortunately, it's like, there's not too many, like, venues there, so, like, a lot of people don't really seem, they seem to, like, either, like, skip over to it, you know, um, but it's definitely it has that vibe to it and there was a really sick festival our friend Devin put on last year and it was like except with the exception of like one venue um the rest were at like non-venues not but they were all like you know places but they were like non-traditional venues cool. and you and the whole festival like the whole like crowd like walked to each place that's you know? awesome it felt like on, yeah. on broadway 2008 <laughs> yeah hell yeah deep cut um yeah that's but that, that kind of thing yeah the, yeah the that, walking that's around so cool. that's a, i love that like the whole crowd like walking around all at once <laughs> i love that it reminds me of like um you guys ever go to any of those fests that they put on at the white house uh in jp uh I, I mean we definitely went to the white house but i we never made yeah, it i, I know what you're fests. talking about i, I think you want is it the one that's like all week long and like every night was a different thing or? Um, I can't remember. I've been to a couple. One of them was like, well, I'd, I can't remember exactly. I went to one like great, like kind of noise improv fest. But what I really liked was that they took a break for dinner and it was like the whole crew <laughs> at the show, that's like awesome. got to go get dinner and then come back and not miss anybody. And I really liked oh, that. That's like, perfect. Emily vibe, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I know. Cause yeah, no. Cause when we went to the new Bedford thing, you know, we had to squeeze in dinner sometime, but inevitably you're going to miss a band or two. That's right. So, so yeah, by yeah, squeezing yeah. in a, a formal dinner kind of time, that's amazing. It's cool. And it's kind of, um, I don't know, it gives everyone a chance to like take a break and get to know each other. I, I just really like that vibe. You know, it's really like, I don't know, it's very friendly. Yeah, we played actually at the, at the in the, that you just were saying that, one with the new Bedford thing, we actually played at a soup restaurant. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> I really awesome. think it was just because that someone probably thought it was funny, like Food Masters soup. <laughs> you know, just like, <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> yeah, and uh, uh, I just remember standing on like ta- like someone's like table and like 
these kids thought it was like hilarious and this one dude just looked so pissed off i just came here to eat soup what the fuck <laughs> yeah, yeah that's awesome dude uh i love the idea of food masters playing in any non-venue where like other people just might happen to be it's just like it's a great image <laughs> it's good yeah, uh, yeah exactly um I'm trying to think though with the uh well there are there was two like things that came up that I actually wanted to talk about it was one you guys mentioned the on Broadway 2008 uh which was the on Broadway Fest 2008 which was a festival that happened at the Dirty Douglas and the Anseller um the houses in Lowell and to this day that's still probably in my like top 10 favorite shows ever yeah i agree actually i i really really enjoyed that whole experience and the shit the music was amazing the shows were great that's the first time i saw gorilla toss with cassie as a singer and it was like obviously an amazing show so good yeah this incident that happened at the end oh, yeah 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 well i was gonna say we don't have to get into that if you don't want it but it was funny Wait, like, is that the uh, shit incident that's the shit incident. No, I'm happy to get into it. I tell this story all the time because I uh, okay, yeah, it. totally get into it. Yeah, please go ahead. Uh, um, yeah, well, uh, that was sort of the phase um, in New Highway Hymnal's career where there was like a lot of destruction and smashing stuff going on, and um, also in Lowell, I feel like there were a lot of people just kind of smashing stuff. I don't really know what was what was going on there was just a lot of like energy and like sort of destructive energy going on and in the band especially we were like really breaking a lot of stuff and i had this like drum that um i paid like two bucks for so i didn't really care about it and we would like really get into like tossing it around and like trying to kind of like keep playing at the end of the set with while like all this stuff was falling over and whatever it was a, it was very fun and we had a great time and then kevin dacey i think what what month was that it must have been in the summer right it may it was may 5th of 2012 May 5th. that's right i have the poster yeah so that as soon as you said that i saw it on the poster i feel like kevin dacey must have had a lot of energy from the the semester coming to an end and he was like blowing off a lot of steam and he was kind of like going ham in the back like hitting this like sign with this big um piece of wood that came from like a gate that keeps a uh, cars from going into like the parking lots you know at UMass Lowell they use those really flimsy gates and like everybody would always just walk by and just break them off as they walked by they just broke really yeah, 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 yeah of course yeah <laughs> so everybody like had those in their house because like you could just break them and take them home with you and they were just like this funny like piece of like half inch pine that was painted black and white and uh Kevin Dacey had one for whatever reason it was like hitting this like sign or something in the back of the room and like the set was sort of ending and i was like yo kevin like what's going on are you good and like we were sort of like having a fun time and like wrestling or something and then he picked me up and then he took a step back or one of us took a step back and there was the bucket of shit water from the shit pipe that was like because they had like heavy shows at the ant cellar where like people would wash and there was a pipe that like I don't know if it drained from a toilet or a shower or a sink or all of the above, uh, but it was right in the middle of the audience area. So it had been broken many times and was duct taped together and had a little bucket to catch the extra runoff. And I tripped over something and we fell and the bucket splashed and completely drenched us both. And I actually didn't find out about this until later, but I know that you, Chris, were caught in the crossfire and drenched as well. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> I was covered. I was like, 
standing right behind like the bucket or whatever like or and it was just you know and um yeah no it was because as you know it'd always be up front for the new i am i wouldn't be surprised yeah, if you yeah. jumped right into and, it um, oh yeah <laughs> well the other part of that is i i remember you said you and kevin like went home and that's <laughs> right and well, took I, showers immediately which is what normal sane people do <laughs> if they get covered in shit water i remember glenn and me went out we went that we we instead uh, i remember we went, went to the liquor store with like pete from grill tom <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just took my shirt off or something like that i was just like you know and um and then i remember we went to china star for the second time that day oh my god and then i i think i just passed out back in my dorm room and then the next day i i took a shower i was like yeah, i should probably take a shower <laughs> yeah hey well you live to tell the tale so yeah you know, yeah exactly yeah it's better for your immune system maybe i that um might be something yeah that might be the cure to the to the COVID 19 shit water <laughs> Could be. I, um, yeah, I, I felt really bad for making a huge mess of the basement, obviously. And, um, yeah, the guy who like kind of ran the house and made sure that everything happened and everything got really mad, understandably. And I wanted to help clean it up. And so I was, he was telling everyone to like get out and he was like, everyone get the fuck out of here. And then I joined him in the chorus of get the fuck out of here. And he was like, yeah, everybody get out of here. The show's over, get out. And he like looked at me and he was like, you need to leave. And then I like, <laughs> so I ran home. I like sprinted home, which wasn't far. It was like three blocks maybe. And I grabbed, I changed, I took a shower and I grabbed my towel, like my like bathroom towel. And I came back and like mopped it up with the bathroom towel and then i just left that towel there <laughs> i think kevin might have showered at the ant cellar in his clothes or something it was he did something crazy like that <laughs> sounds so college yeah it was college in this yeah <laughs> it was a long time ago now but this is really funny i remember like at like my uh, first like office job my my previous job we like all went around the room as like an icebreaker and told our craziest college story <laughs> I didn't end up telling that one I told like something else but that was like immediately it was so funny because all the responses were like you could tell either people were like I mean some people were just really I think like maybe perhaps a little bit more innocent than house shows or whatever, but then yeah. I think other people were probably just holding back or whatever. Of course, it was really yeah. funny too because like the girl that went like before me was was just like talked about how she like went out to like Denny's or something late one night. I was like, what? That's not like a crazy. That's not story. a crazy college story. <laughs> yeah. so I'm like, okay, I definitely <laughs> cannot tell the shit water story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of tone it down for the for the for the work crowd. Yeah, I don't think I've ever told that story at work. Like. Everyone that yeah. I work with are also musicians, but I don't think I don't think I've told that story anymore. Yeah, no, I definitely haven't. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I totally haven't uh, told that one. But uh, yeah, exactly. It's just like with that and a few other things like crossed my mind. And I'm like, but not none of them. I was like, what I was gonna tell, but it was, I was just like, wow, yeah, this is a uh, nope, definitely not telling that yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a right time at the right place kind of story. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was also, well, actually, I hadn't seen, I'd heard of Grill Toss at that point, but I hadn't yeah. seen um, even like uh, the, I hadn't seen the band before uh, K 
Cassie either, but that yeah. was the first time totally uh, I'd seen them. And yeah, that, that was just like another, like just mind melting set and oh, you know, fat yeah. history month and big mess played and just a you know, bunch know. of cool bands. Oh man. Yeah. What a, what a great lineup. Big mess still stands as one of my favorite bands of all time to this day. They're so good. Yeah. They're, they're oh, like the, they're, yeah. <laughs> Bless this mess. <laughs> they were they were one of the ultimate uh like low if not the ultimate like low basement basement low band I, yeah uh, i must have seen them so many times uh like the douglas or you know even the Anteller, um in other places yeah same just, here yeah yeah were you yeah. at the show i don't i don't know i don't think you were but maybe you were were you at the show that we did in a classroom no i damn yeah, yeah. It might have been one of the Big Mess's first shows. They were sort of like, I think they had, were going through some lineup changes or something. It was like the first show and it was just Nick and Nick. And it was, oh. we did it in a classroom in the music building. And I think Sinbusters also played with Sinbusters, Big Mess, New Highway Hymnal, and maybe one other. But that was a really fun show. But that was like the first, I, that was the first time I, I think I had seen Big Mess and I was just like, it wasn't that into heavy music at the time, but then, when I saw them and I sort of like understood like sludgy heavy music, it just like completely blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of like shows that I missed. Cause I think, um, you know, at that time, especially in like Boston, um, yeah, at that time, and even for a few years after, like, yeah, I always tried to make it out to like six shows, but there was a bunch I missed, and then, you know, I kind of sometimes had the attitude. I was like, ah, well, I'll catch, like, another one or yeah, something. Yeah, no, same here, and, yeah. You know, of course, you know, of course. But um, but it's one of those things that actually, as I've gone on, I, like, I um, I try to make a point, you know, like, I've certain there's some bands I've seen, like, a million times. And, like, even, like, you know, same with Glenn, and, and like, some of our friends will even give us shit for it. And, we'll just, you know, and it's like, that I have, and then I'm like, you know what, though, but there are some sick bands that I either never saw or only saw like a few times and they played a lot more. And I always, and I, you know, I had that attitude where I was like, Oh, whatever, I'll catch them another time. And it's like, you know, you never know though when they're going to break up. That's so, true. They could just break up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah. I mean, it happens with most, most bands, you know, um, uh, I, I've made the analogy before where I'd say like, you know, people say with like dog years, I, yeah, I think it should be a thing like band years because it really is uh, a thing where you, you know even like uh, you know a couple of years in a band's life is is is, a, is like that's a long time. That's a long time. Yeah, yeah. Most of the bands that I've been in, like if they if I was in the band at the beginning, like they don't last very long, you know. <laughs> Except for New Orleans, that lasted a very long time. Yeah, but, you, yeah, yeah. I think it was like six or seven years. You, yeah, it was. I think it was six years in total, just about. Yeah, yeah, I rem definitely remember um, New Highway Homo playing at uh, like all the the first like the first three festivals. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that that was always sick. Um, yeah, and it's like I'm sure. Also, I mean, you've been in so many bands too, so it, it it's like you know you obviously see like that that side of it that um you know exactly like like the the last you know it, it's tough for a band to last you know for a while for yeah a variety of reasons 
Yeah, especially as we get older. Um, it's just like, I love playing in bands. And if that's like all I could do, I definitely would. But like, you know, everyone's got to work and people move or they have families, you know, it's like, there's a lot of reasons that bands break up, of course. But the, yeah, it's, it's rare for like the band, like for, for people to end up in a situation where you spend like every day with everybody and like, you know, have a band that lasts a really long time and you're like kind of in the family situation. I feel like that was more when I was like, younger, like New Highway Hymnal, it was sort of special because we kind of grew up together and had that um, lasting power because of that. But now it's like people kind of float in and out of bands. I feel like, at least in my um, my friend group or our friend group, you know, because we're like all getting into our later 20s, you know? <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Do you think yeah. there's something... You... Oh, sorry. Here's... Well, I was just going to say, uh, also, ha- happy belated birthday. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, of course yeah um glenn what were you about to say you said you think there's I was gonna something say, is, is there something about so you know given the i was always curious because i've only you know i'm kind of i've always been afraid to to join bands um not that everyone anyone would ever want me but uh i would bet to do glenn <laughs> <laughs> anyway um i was just as someone being in so many bands is there do you sort of detach yourself from the typical tor- turmoils uh, that, you know, I guess someone would call it, you know, emotionally in- emotional investment in them in the sense that they could at any moment kind of, you know, something could happen or, you know, not to get too, too involved. I don't know. I was always was curious, yeah. curious about that. You know, that, that is a great question. That's a really good question. I, um, I definitely do get emotionally attached to bands, but I try not to take it too personally because I don't like to put the pressure on other band members. Like, like, like I was talking about when you, like in the new high handle, like I'm using that as an example a lot because we just spent so much time. We played a lot together. We played like a lot of shows together. We spent a lot of time together. We kind of like all lived together in a, in so many ways, you know, like, so I, don't, I try not to like put too much pressure on other people in band because at the end of the day, it's supposed to be fun, you know? And like, none of us are able to pay the bills with it. So it's like, if it's putting too much pressure on anyone's life, I don't like to like exacerbate that in any way. Like I might be just like, I don't want to say it's like about not getting too attached because I definitely get attached, but it's like uh, learning to accept the things you cannot change, you know? <laughs> so it's For like, sure. I'm, I feel blessed. I feel blessed to make music with anybody. And so the great bands that I get to play with that last a long time, like, easy going you know and it's like band practice is easy working with people is easy and everything even the short-lived bands it's been that way too but you know life happens and i try not to take it too personally um people have jobs people move people have kids pets whatever so try to remember that's cool i like that like low-key attitude towards it all yeah yeah there'll be more music to make you know yeah absolutely and i said i've I've just always been impressed too, just at how many bands you've <laughs> you've played in. Uh, does it ever get to a, a point where you're just like, all right, this is just like this is ridiculous, like this is too much? So, I mean, I, I think at times you've been in like what, like seven bands. <laughs> yeah, there definitely have been times. I'm trying to keep it more chill now. The quarantine has taught me this. Like, I'm kind of I've started taking drum lessons again. I'm kind of like enjoying my free time to practice and stuff these days. Um, but uh, there have been times in my life where it's like, 
I've worked a nine to five job for a really long time now. So there've been times where I like leave work and have to go to band practice. And then I just wait after band practice for another band practice to start. Wow. Like there was a time where like wow. Will Hendrickson and I were in, um, I think we were playing in three bands together at the same time. So sometimes we would just like group the band practices such that we could like just kind of hang around the practice space and people would just like come for practice and we would like switch our respective instruments to whatever band that was, you know, like Cosmic <laughs> or we were playing Will's music and there was some overlap with Blah Blah. So it's like, yeah, uh, there have been times where it's been too much. And I know that I, um, I can be a difficult friend, family member and partner to have for that reason, because I just spend a lot of time in band practice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, totally. But yeah. I mean, you, get, you, get, you know, but it's all, it's, you know, yeah, it's a lot on your plate. And uh, I mean, again, but it's it's very admirable, though. Oh, it thanks. Is. I appreciate yeah, of course. that. <laughs> I mean, well, like, I mean, it really is, too. And in particular, I think drummers, too, um, where it is really healthy for a, a music scene to have someone who's like the steady Eddie of the uh, of the, you know, not mm -hmm. just one particular band, but just, you know, uh, a group of bands. And it really... Yeah. I think it, it is in a lot of ways a glue that holds at least part of the music scene together. Yeah, yeah. To have, oh, I'm happy know. to hear you say that. Yeah. I've always felt that way. It's like, uh, I mean, I love playing music, obviously, because I like listening to music and I like playing the drums and stuff, but I really like the interpersonal aspect and I like um, bringing people together, you know, and I like getting, I like putting together a band that's like really fun to me and also like introducing my friends and seeing new friendships grow from that or seeing new bands grow from that or even just playing shows with friends. It's like, that's something very satisfying to me. So I, I like being a drummer for that because um, there's no pressure to write songs. So I can kind of like be a drop-in member of a band and then like, I don't know, it's just nice in that way. You get to see a lot. Yeah, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. I, get, I definitely can see that. And like I said, just, I think, uh, I mean, it could apply to any, different type of musician or even, you know, someone that's like a booker or whatever. Yeah. Um, a club, you know, someone that runs club or whatever the hell it is. But, um, but I think the particular drummers, uh, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just like the need to like keep time. It really is like a big part of uh, not just musically, but I think, I don't know. It's like, you know what I mean? It's just a big factor. And I, I noticed even from like the booking, part of it it's like the if it's someone's like that's bring the drum kit or someone that's, oh yeah yeah um uh, just you know <laughs> just like bringing the drum kit <laughs> well you know say, that I mean, must, be, no, know must be very over very familiar with that i'm very familiar with that yeah in fact i was remembering a time today which i felt really bad but you i was bringing the drum kit for the for the ramalama ding dong in 2016 and you were like oh do you think you can get there at like this time and i was like of course i can yeah and then I just had band practice, forgot what time I said I'd be there. And then you were like, hey, man, uh, what time are you going to get here? And then I was like, oh, shit, we have to leave right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, it all no, worked out. It all worked no, out. No, Chris is probably yeah. like, can you, can you come at like 12 p.m. to drop off the uh, the kit? Because we're going to, we're going to, we want load in to be like, you know, four and a half hours before. No, the no, it was a perfectly reasonable time. It was such, a, it was like just the kidding, most Chris. reasonable time. But I was just sort of. Yeah. playing it a little too fast and loose with the logistics you know <laughs> oh yeah no, that's that's all right well you know it's funny in those like kind of situation I, I don't know what it is it's like i'm a very uh it's where i i kind of like i don't know i still think in a lot of ways 
like a kid, ha ha ha. But you know, like a kid like you and me. But uh, I always kind of hated like the like strict sort of teacher kind of yes. thing, or like yeah, when yeah. I was yelling or something. And uh, I just feel like it's like one of the worst ways to communicate I people. Agree. And I always look at like whatever like either like bad or dumb thing I may have done or whatever. I always take up like. I never try to forget that if someone else did something. So like you say, like, oh, I may have screwed up the time, which is also like you were at practice too. So it's not even like, it's like, oh, okay, whatever. I didn't pay attention or whatever. It's just, you know, it, whatever. We all make <laughs> no, no, of course, like of course. Yeah. So like, I don't know. I try to like have that in mind. And, and like, it was kind of funny because I remember too, the sound guy was like, He's like, where, where are they or whatever? And I'm like, I'm like, oh, they're on their way. Whatever. He's like, they need to be here now. And, and like I get it, it's his job. Yeah. But I was actually like more, I was like more like pissed at them. I'm like all right, all right, yeah, you know yeah, I mean? whatever. It's like, like you know what I mean? Like whatever. It's like your job is to do the sound. Which exactly. I, mean, I get it. I get it. It's gonna be probably more stressful for you, but you're also getting paid to do the sound. You can chill out for a little bit until they get here. And it's like, yeah. like, you know, we're running. Yeah, whatever. It's not a, I'm like, it's not a big deal. You know, I think he got kind of pissed at me, but it's like, you know, it's like whatever. These things work themselves out. It's they like, do, uh, yeah. You know, what I mean, I just, I can't picture like anyone getting like like I can't imagine I think I even told you too I was like drive safe or whatever because all I could think of is someone like I can't imagine someone like rushing like driving fast to like get to a place just over like music and like oh band. totally like, yeah yeah like, it's supposed to be fun and stuff I don't know you know exactly it's like, it, it's like the difference of being like if you drive fast you're gonna get there like three minutes earlier you know exactly. it's like yeah, yeah. no totally <laughs> exactly. yeah I'm, I'm totally with you and I totally um like I mean, I love you guys for a lot of reasons, and I love playing your shows because it's always been rich and like it's always been so clear that the reason to play the show is because everyone's going to have a good time, you know. And I uh, really dude. like that about it. So that that's sounds great. awesome. <laughs> that's how I feel. Oh, I'm sure that's how you guys thank feel. Thank you. It's, yeah, it's just have fun. Oh, you know? thank you. Yeah. Yeah, we we always do like we do like to keep a very positive vibe. Even I mean, people. Well, well, they've uh, we've gotten that criticism before, like too positive or something. But I, no, I don't, screw that. I don't care. No, yeah, I, the world needs I, more positivity. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think it's like um, I, don't know, I just uh, I think I think it's necessary, and I think that it's as long as you're not ignoring the like fucked up horrible shit out there, which needs to be always like criticized as, as of well. Course. But it, I think that you know bring people together for common goals always a good thing <laughs> yes i totally agree totally agree um and uh yeah and and like you know I, but i i've actually as i've gotten older i, I have like you know and i'm sure you feel this way as well like i do you know understand a little bit more for you know perhaps some of like the criticisms maybe especially or like something being positive or too overly positive or whatever or like for instance for us like maybe like praising bands too much but but you know the, the thing that always got me was like for example like sometimes people would comment on like our blog and be like like why are you writing about this band again you know what I, mean? <laughs> and I get it we probably like wrote, i wrote about like every new highway himmel show i saw every factory show i saw and uh, I, I get it, you know, it's like oversaturation instead of like writing about other bands. But to me, what I never understood was why, why wouldn't you just comment 
here's like a band you should check out. Yeah, that's way more constructive. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. And I remember I was talking to Glenn, but I was seeing like this youth kid's YouTube channel. Um, and I, I was just like, okay, I like his, his reviews, but like, he's just talking about bands everybody knows. And then I wasn't, but I wasn't, I wasn't going to make like a negative comment, but I thought of that criticism and I just, and I commented, a, you know, a band and a label I thought he should check out. And it's like that, you know what I mean? And I hope he, maybe he doesn't, maybe he does, but either way I can at least say like, I tried to introduce someone to something instead Absolutely. of just like, you know what I mean? I don't, yeah, exactly. I don't understand the like not constructive part of it. <laughs> I mean, I guess I do. I just don't see, like, I, I would say like to the naysayers, like, you know, instead of just like being like negative about something, try to like build, you know, yeah, instead of I, I, I totally, I totally agree with that. It's like, it's, it's a nice thing to hear out loud because I feel like that can apply to so many different aspects of life. Like, you know, it's sort of like when people say, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. But it's like, if you don't have anything good to say, maybe think of something good to say, and then maybe everybody will be better for it. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I agree. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I also, I think like that, um, sort of also like, it's kind of funny, some like, there's some like general like phrases that I think are still good. And I think that like, that like, even that saying like, uh, you know, it's like, obviously, yes, it doesn't like apply to every single situation. I think it's like, if it's a severe thing, like if somebody's, you know, doing something like fucked up or saying something that's like racist. Yeah. Like fucking oh, yeah. like call them, call them out on it. Say it's of like, course, yeah. it's, it's like, it's, it's like that phrase really applies more to like, if someone's a band, like if you think the band sucks, you know what I mean? Don't go up to be like, yeah, you know what you're, I mean, you could do this, but I suppose but I, wouldn't, I wouldn't encourage you to be like, yeah, you know what? Your band sucks. Your, shit. your band shit. So you could just be like not saying you don't have to say you don't have to lie and bullshit them. You could just yes. not say anything. You could just not say it. Yes. <laughs> like no, it's the true. easiest thing in the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. You know, you say that, but like I would like to read a scathing review of a band that I've been in at some point. It hasn't happened, but I it only hasn't happened because none of my bands have been um written about in any major publications that like have to write about. It's always been like people who just want to write about mm -hmm. things. So I want to read something where somebody had to write about it and hated it. I would love to hear the criticism in a way. <laughs> but that's just my own curiosity. <laughs> yeah, you have to play in Food Masters sometimes. <laughs> Dude, I'd love to. I'd love to play in Food Masters sometimes. <laughs> uh, love it. Love it, Travis. Oh, man. That's the attitude. I need to make a, yeah, I need to make a collection of our, like, uh, of our, like, all of the criticisms we've gotten, which are just awesome like Dude, some on social great. media some and just in general in 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 real time <laughs> yeah yeah that's awesome i love that <laughs> um, I remember, like, someone's like not funny or something <laughs> <laughs> oh my god dude that's great i try to think maybe there have been some in real time like well actually a funny one is that new highway hymnal just like got weirdly booked to play at like the Newburyport farmer's market one summer oh shit and we kind of had this like acoustic set that we could play on the side that was like a lot of Johnny Cash tunes and stuff like that and like had a few of our songs and like it still wasn't farmer's market music though and uh we were playing and like people didn't seem to mind but nobody was like particularly enjoying us it was like not the appropriate place for us and then some guy came up and uh <laughs> it was when Deval Patrick 
was um, in office in Massachusetts, you know, and this guy came up and he was like, hey, um, Deval Patrick is about to arrive. Could you please turn it down before he gets here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <that's awesome. laughs> that was so funny, yeah. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Um, Wait, um, did we, yeah. um, has the, the Zanecraft been mentioned yet? Oh, shit. Good, good, that's good, good. Uh, Good note. No, yeah. we haven't. We have not mentioned it. Yeah, we that's haven't a, mentioned it. Damn. Yeah, that was. I, let's see. When the Dirty Douglas was happening, I was living at a different apartment with Luke um, down the street in Lowell, um, where we did not have shows. It was just like an apartment. But then I moved. Yeah, I moved to to the Sandcraft. Maybe like eight months after most of the people, you know, sort of discovered that house and started living there. Um, yeah, great place. Has a lot of uh, special meaning to me. A lot of very fond memories. <laughs> Another place where it just felt like uh, born out of necessity. It was just like people needed places to live. So we just found places for people to live in the house and it all worked out and it was good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So for, for those that don't know what the Wilder Zangcraft, um, so it used to be an old like woodcraft building yeah right? or, well it was somebody's did. house and then they had a wood shop in the basement so it had a lot of like excess wood shop stuff and like a saw and like this amazing giant iron vice that you could clamp stuff in <laughs> yeah. and um yeah and then it had a sign that said wilder woodcraft on it i think that the whoever lived there before must have like made cabinets or something or made, made furniture down there yeah. yeah and uh i believe the first basement show that was there was on 420 2012 and new highway himmel played that's right and the cops were called yes they, yeah. they were <laughs> and i was playing drums it was one of those basements for like there it was not set up to have shows and it was the weirdest shape for a basement the ceiling <laughs> yeah. was too low there were these posts all in the way and stuff <laughs> uh, the floor yeah. was always like kind of breaking and dusty but like we had a i mean there were definitely a lot of amazing shows that happened there while I lived there. Also a lot of shows that happened while I didn't live there. Just like, there just was like really solid booking there a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah. That show, I remember that show I was playing and the drums were in this funny place. Like the band had to be set up in like a line where the drums, if you're looking at the stage, the drums are all the way off to the right. And then it was like guitar, guitar, and then bass all the way at the other end or something. And I was playing drums. And then um, one of my roommates came down and was like, mouthing something to me and sort of giving the like uh, motion of the hand across the neck being like, this needs to stop. But I sort of misinterpreted what they're saying as like, I just didn't understand what anyone was saying. And I was like, maybe they're trying to communicate that this is good. And then I eventually stopped like, they're saying cops, like the cops are here. (laughs) And I think we did finish the set like quietly sort of shortly thereafter. That was a fun show. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, it was such a nice spot. Uh, it was a little, it was, it was pretty, like, well, it's funny. I think with that basement, it was pretty unique, at least in the basements I've been to, where, um, like like you said, it was just kind of, like, odd, like, the room was sort of oddly shaped, and, like, the kind of, like, the spot for where, you know, people would be standing right in front of the band. Yeah. Uh, was pretty small like you could have if like five or ten kids were there it would already start to feel crowded it felt packed yeah which i actually really liked i liked playing there for that reason yeah exactly and so if there were like 50 people there it was was like holy shit it felt insane yeah yeah i like that 
yeah me, me too yeah yeah and uh and uh there were i mean now like if you the entire basement it wasn't much bigger but there were other areas like on the sides where people could stand and everything but yeah um but yeah and then even just where yeah like you were saying where the band played it really was just so um you know you know pretty much right on top of where people would be standing to yeah. see the show um which was you know it was just really it was just a lot of fun you know uh it was so much fun there were like heating pipes that hung at the perfect height where like if people were moshing for some reason and you were pushed forward it felt instinctive to grab up and reach onto the heating pipes and then they started to get really like bent and it became like a real point of anxiety like trying to get people to keep it cool and not grab the pipes <laughs> oh yeah true <laughs> yeah. yeah and then right in the middle too there was that thing that like i remember always like especially during the moshing like going like right into it i forget like what it exactly was but it was oh the vice yeah the vice the clamp yeah, the the okay, yeah. yeah 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 <laughs> yeah the moshing was a bit it made me very nervous from playing from the band perspective because um people would go especially hard for like the closing new highway hymnal tunes usually and uh, which was always a great time and i'm not knocking it i'm just saying it made me very nervous because like sometimes people would come out with like a bloody nose and i'd be like are you sure everyone's having fun in there <laughs> but it was a great time i had a really good time yeah i remember i had uh i had like cut my leg not there per se but well it, it's like it, so i'd like cut my leg um like there was like a piece of glass in my room that I, I remember like just kneeling down on it by accident and it like cut my, cut uh -huh. my knee. And then like a couple of days later, I went to a show there and like while I was moshing, like it like reopened. And so oh, I, you know, I was like, I'm like, it's just like, it's just like bleeding, bleeding from my leg. And then, you know, people were just like looking like concerned. I'm just like, ah, it's all right. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, like I, I like went to clean it up, but I think people thought like I like got it like right then at that moment. You know? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. But when I mean, it wouldn't like, be I mean, which wouldn't be, you know, which would be plausible too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, Cause it was but, kind but, of yeah. a raw basement floor. It was very like, um, like concrete and like occasionally like a bottle would get dropped and broken there. So it was sort of like a, could be hazardous for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, there was also, uh, you know, I saw my first big sh show at that 421, and then you joined um, sometime after that in 2012, and I remember seeing you play there and with the MIGs as well. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and the uh, Chill City Icon. That's right. That was the Thanksgiving show. Yes. That year, yes. yeah. That was, that's, again, another one where it's, uh, one of my to this day one of my favorite shows ever oh that's awesome i'm glad to hear that oh yeah. yeah i had a super fun time at that show chill city was brand new that was our first show so we like right. we way overdid it with the musical instruments we had like every piece of music gear we possibly could have and it was like it made for an interesting set but in retrospect i would never do that again because it was so much set up and like <laughs> that's <laughs> cool. i'm glad oh thanks yeah i'm glad it, it was really fun yeah well i it's like, yeah, so that show uh, was the MIGs, Nice Guys, who did a, a Coach Whips cover Coach set. Coach Whips cover set, that's right. I yeah. didn't really know Nice Guys that well at the time. Like, we had played shows together, but we weren't, like, we weren't buds like we are now. Same, same, yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, that was our second Nice Guys show. We had met uh, Matt, and uh, I think, like, I technically – I, we'd met Matt before and maybe one of the other uh, nice guys. 
Um, and I think we met either met him that night or, or another one after that. But um, yeah, I mean, it was it was really cool, you know, just you know, just seeing them and also yeah, same like I didn't really we didn't really know him that well at the time. Yeah, and then uh, coat for coat for fluorescent. <laughs> I'm like yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Slimers, which was Kevin, just Kevin and Lucas. That's right. And then Chill City the Icon. So it was quite quite the bill. That's a um, big bill. Yeah, that's that's yeah. a good show. And like you said, it was the it was the Saturday, two days after Thanksgiving. Yep, that's yeah. right. Um, but yeah, to this day, it's still one of my favorite shows ever. Because um, I've made I've made lists before of my favorite shows ever, and now I'm kind of at the point where I'm like, all right, I it's like too difficult a little bit to make lists, but that's yeah. still like probably that's still somewhat ranks pretty high up there. That's awesome! Wow, I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and. Uh, was gonna say with uh something to do with this this with the Zancraft. Um oh oh with with Chill City Icon. Yeah, I remember at the time too, I uh, I wasn't really big into like the noise stuff. Um and it's even even to this day it's like we we, we have like the noise fest, but uh yeah I'm more like uh I'm very like curious and I listen to different noise bands but I'm like so far from like being at, at all like an expert people were like oh so do you know like so-and-so and i'm like nope i've actually never heard of them like, i have to check that out yeah yeah, yeah. no i mean <laughs> um, yeah i can i can relate to the to masses <laughs> what'd you say Glenn? chill city single-handedly brought noise to the masses and everyone around the world <laughs> should take note <laughs> well yeah. thank you yeah. they did <laughs> well Thanks. i don't know for, about that but <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, it's they definitely you helped bring it to kids like you and me. So that's at least the first step towards the masses. Yeah, yeah, that feels good. So thanks. That's nice to know. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, we had listened to some noise, or at least I, I don't want to speak for Glenn as much, where because you may have been more into some noise stuff than I was. Um, but uh, yeah, I remember even writing like in like uh, writing about the show. And saying like I actually, because at that point I was um, just really like it's really weird actually. I, I don't know how um, you know we were at the beginning of this we had talked about like the garage stuff and everything and like I was just I'm still I still love garage stuff but like I was just so into that yeah that I actually like kind of in a weird way sort of went sort of backwards. I don't know in my musical in a in a weird way for like backwards and sort of musical taste to a certain extent uh at least like looking back in retrospect because like when I was a kid or like a teenager I'd listen to like you know like all different stuff and I you know yeah, yeah. I did back then too but like I remember listening to like jazz and metal and like progressive stuff and uh and then you know others sort of yeah, other you know all sorts of stuff but then yeah, i remember yeah. when i really got into like the garage stuff um i kind of like pushed aside other like musical stuff yeah, and I it just got to so into it and uh and it like almost like took me back a few years and then i think i had to like re like open my brain up to like other stuff again where it, it, I don't know you know what I mean and I rem but I remember writing about Chill City Icon and I, I can't remember what I said I, I'd have to reread it but I remember thinking like you know I'm not usually into this kind of stuff but I'm digging this right now 
oh, you know, cool. more or less something like that, you know, or like I usually at this, like right now, I just, if something's not like immediately, you know, hooking me in, then I, I'm like going to get bored with it or something, but I'm digging yeah. this right now. You know? Oh, that's awesome. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, I, I can, I can totally relate to what you're saying about the garage, like the taste in music and stuff because I, I definitely went through something very similar to that with not as much with the garage stuff but with the kind of more like uh dark psychedelic music that was really popular uh, in like okay, yeah. 11 like um black angels like those sort of bands you know like the bands that new Angels sounded a lot like and sure. yeah. I, I remember also pushing aside a lot of the more adventurous music that i had been into and i've you know since i still love the psychedelic stuff i still love garage rock obviously but i'm just i'm feeling like i'm my mind is more open now and obviously could be more open even more in the future, but more open now than it was back then for sure. Yeah. Damn right. So I really, yeah. yeah, yeah, same. Uh, it's weird. And like, and it also even with like maybe with the garage stuff, I almost, it, for me, it got to a point where I was like, all right, now I've had too much of this. I'm going to like puke. But then I too much ice cream. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, you know, especially, it's true. I mean, I think a lot of it, too, because some of the bands just started to, like, suck, really. <laughs> but, but, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and, and kind of going up the ice cream thing, you know, especially a lot of it was, like, bubblegum stuff. And, yeah. you know, so it really is that sort of stuff. It, by it's definition, like, it's very likable. It's supposed to be likable and catchy and fun and everything. But, like, you know, at some point, you're like, is this, like, uh, I don't know. It's, it's too much, like, shtick after a while with some of the oh, yeah some timeless excellent bands but there's there's too much shtick going on good way and then there's the darker it. side of it too like after the whole burger records oh yeah thing just blew up it's like you kind of realize there's like this dark creepy undertone like at first i thought the sleaziness was like i could get into the sleaziness as part of an aesthetic but then you realize like oh shit some people actually like live and breathe the sleaziness and it's like bad and toxic yeah yeah oh absolutely no it, it's something that's really like yeah, I mean, I, I again, I, I think that it, it's, uh, it definitely goes beyond like the garage stuff, of course. But it's, but it's, I feel like it, it's, it's totally. Uh, you have to like recognize it that it's totally there. Yeah. And um, you know, and, and like, unfor unfortunately, and it, it really, you do like look back and exactly, it's like it, it would be one of those things where it's like, it, it'd be like impossible not to see it. But, like you I, I did the same similar thing where it's like oh okay yeah it's like it's you know it, it's just expression or something it's like that's i mean i've never done it or really said anything like really that bad or anything like that but i've always been like oh, okay well it's ex you know expression that was kind of my shtick at least with writing that the point that something i i look back now and i'm like oh it's I think that's kind of funny. None of it, I'm like cringing. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, this is so stupid. But I, my thing was always like, I'm going to make it so over the top. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? That like. Of course. Yeah. But, but I know. Like, oh. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> oh, no, no, I, I agree. I, I know the feeling, like definitely. And especially when you're trying to find your voice as an artist, uh, any creative artist, you know, and you want to like, especially being in the kind of like punk scene and whatever, like you want to push the limits. I totally understand that. Yeah. And when I was when I was younger and into the garage stuff, I thought I sort of interpreted a lot of that as people pushing their pushing the limits. But now that a lot of this is coming to light, that like some of those people or many of those people were abusive and doing fucked up shit, I'm like maybe they were just being honest and not pushing any limits. And like actually, it's gross. 
you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think like, I think it's definitely a big like spectrum where it could be like a bit of both too. Yes, you know? of course. But, um, but yeah, no, I mean, it, it's one of those things where it's, it, it's really unfortunate too, because it's, it's like, you know, you want to, uh, you know, hear uh, like good, you know, art or whatever the hell it is or whatever, because there could be, it's like, yeah, it's like, oh, why was this actor that was so great at playing this scumbag? <laughs> it turns out he was a scumbag. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know, um, or wait, he, you know, it's like, wait a second, he plays a douchebag in this movie and he plays a serial killer in this movie and then he plays like a child molester in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> wait a second i'm noticing pattern here but but then it's like it's like you know and then it's like hopefully then there's someone that's like um you know this person but maybe this person's just a great art you know what i mean it's like it, that's 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 what's like it's it, i almost got like paranoid for a point uh you know at one point just because i'm like what the fuck you know it's like all these people are scumbags and it's like not i'm a cynical bastard so it doesn't shock me but it, it's upsetting you know it is I mean? upsetting yeah well it's very upsetting to know that well i mean i probably made a lot of excuses for it but also i maybe i just wasn't paying close enough attention but there's a lot of that music that was very important to me at one time and so yeah. it can be upsetting like you're allowed to feel upset and like um it's kind of heartbreaking because it's like being taken away from you in a way because you're like, oh shit, I can't enjoy that the same way knowing who's behind it, you know? So yeah, it is very upsetting. Uh, I'm trying yeah, to think I mean, about how to articulate it, but it's hard to put it into words, but I, I know the feeling that you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's, yeah. it's like, um, with regard to like specifically with Burger, it's like, I mean, I haven't really, honestly, it's like, even when I've said this to people, they like, oh really? I'm like, we haven't really like, paid attention to much from them in like a long time i mean either yeah yeah but i mean either way though it's still a massive disappointment just because it's still obviously like heavily connected to like the different stuff you know we've done i mean we we put out an album you know that was co-put out with them but like that was you know even before that we were pretty critical of their like you know their business methods yeah, yeah. Again, I don't. I don't know like specifically the, how their operation went, but with regard to like just doing like tapes for everything, it seemed like just a very massive, mass kind of produced sort of thing. Yes, I um, agree. You know, and um, I, you know, they they may have gotten the word out there about some bands, but it's just uh, yeah. I mean that, and some of the other bands that have you know stuff that's come out, it's definitely been like a disappointment um and a real letdown really yeah um, totally and yeah i don't know it just like for me it, it just one of those things where it's like uh i don't know i, I guess like uh, i'd say for anyone that you know it's like I, I guess like it's like don't i mean i don't know it's it's weird we like we talk about on the podcast sometimes with like everything about like punk rock and i feel like you know with punk you're constantly challenging things you know what i mean it's weird yes. it's like I, I, a certain point where it's like you know uh, it's like the the ramones and i'm it's like funny i'm wearing a ramon chair it's like they be they go beyond you know when i'm now it's like maybe when i was younger it's like I, you look at it as just like people but then for me it's like more it's just inspiration but then now it's like your turn to take whatever and do your own thing with it it's like you know what i mean yeah, so yeah. you, you kind of like look beyond the people you know what i mean it's like that that was punk rock at that time in that context perhaps you know what i mean and now it's like 
but now here, here here's the here and now you know what i mean yeah uh, yeah you know kneel at the altars of shit from the past you know what I mean? totally yeah like yeah if there's an aesthetic that you like then like the challenge is making it like taking the good things and making it relevant to today and not like um yeah exactly kneeling at the altar and like glorifying a lot of the bad things that existed in it in the past yeah gotta move yeah. The forward yeah right and that's like also it's like that's you know and that's that's good like punk rock and it's good rock and roll and it's like that's you know it's like with the story of unfortunately with all this stuff there is just a lot of abuse and it's yeah. really unfortunate but it's true yeah but i think that's also just one it's like that's like one aspect of the story it's like of you know whatever music or, or expression and i think it's like i don't know yeah it's like just gonna again it's like but the good aspect of all these things and what i think inspired all of us is again to the question, you know, authority. Yeah. And, exactly. yeah. Things. and you know, again, like also, uh, you know, not just saying like, uh, fuck you to, to the, to the world, but also, you know, coming up with a solution too. So and like, exactly you know, moving, moving forward. So I think that it's like all that stuff can still coexist, but, uh, it's definitely yeah. a letdown with when I agree. When the scumbags out there, but you know, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. Now yeah. I should, <laughs> No, 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 I agree. I mean, I should clarify that I'm happy that the story broke and that the whole thing did get blown up because I don't Same. want that to exist. But sure. yeah, the letdown is that that you didn't, you know, maybe you, like I had turned a blind eye or blind eye or didn't realize this about a lot of these artists and now you have to reconcile your feelings with, with them, you know? But yeah, yeah, I'm happy, obviously happy that the story broke and that that doesn't anymore so like we can all move forward oh and, yeah when absolutely. Shows and labels are happening. Absolutely. yeah when, when shows and labels are happening like everybody like there's pressure for everyone to do better and make spaces safe for people and make scenes fun and safe and good for everybody so, yeah yeah absolutely i think it definitely like uh it raises you know like a higher standard you know which i think i mean all we all already have that kind of in you know in mind and i you yeah. know it is one of the things where it's about i've never even been to california so it's like uh-huh. <laughs> you know it's one of those things where especially with like that scene i definitely with that like regard to that scene just hearing some of like the survivor stories uh it's you know i was totally like foreign to me of, yeah you know, just yeah. Like, you know, i mean that you know all that stuff um and just in general that kind of that world that aspect of it has always been really foreign to me almost that like again and I get like super paranoid thinking about it but it's like makes like me and like what all of us do this like it's, it's so like innocent I don't know it's weird yeah and that's kind of like honestly like messes my head a little bit where it's like you like look back and you're like it's like you know what what the fuck it's like you know what I mean you look back it's like yeah exactly when you find out it's like some people are scumbags just like ah it's like god it was so like innocent you know what i mean like what we were doing you know yeah, what I, mean? Yeah. I don't mean other people does that make sense like as fan you know it's like as fans and everything or like just even our scene it's like everything we were doing was just innocent yeah, yeah. It that, that's like oddly perverted by these like by like people who have way worse <laughs> they're doing like these like fucked up things that we don't know about totally taking advantage <laughs> of the, the vulnerability and the innocence yeah definitely uh, you know what I mean? It's just like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we don't need to question. belabor the topic, but it's worth mentioning. Since we're yeah, talking it's about definitely questions. worth mentioning. Yeah, what's up, Clint? 
yeah. I was gonna say yeah, totally. Um, I remember well being super I'm curious a little bit, if you don't mind talking a little bit about cosmic. Um because yeah. at least as far as I know, I think was that that might have been the first time I saw you step out and play guitar. I don't know if that's accurate or, uh, or it, not. It but. was indeed. Um, yeah, I had never played guitar in a band. Um, I'd never been a front person in a band mm -hmm. either. So I just like, I don't know, I was kind of going through a little rough patch. I also wasn't playing in very many bands and I had this like crappy old guitar kicking around. So I just decided to write some songs. Um, Ashley, who's somebody that also went to UMass Lowell, is a terrific drummer and a great friend. So I just mm -hmm. like hit her up and asked if she wanted to play um, in a band. And it was it was really fun for me to just like, uh, I don't know, have something that just felt like it was totally, um, I mean, Ashley was a huge part of it. And we wrote a lot of songs in like guitar parts and stuff together. But it was just fun to be like a driving creative force in a band and just like do whatever you know, didn't have yeah. to hear anything. It could just kind of be whatever. So that was really fun for me. Yeah, yeah. no, I love seeing you step out there. And I, I loved your Thanks. guitar setup. Um, Thanks. That Whatever that thing was, was I loved screeching. it. Were <laughs> 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 you connected to a, a tape or was the tape player, was that somehow, I'm trying to remember, but I just remember being like in awe. I just um, loved it. I forget exactly. What. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I had a sampler that like triggered some samples, which I still use in the pleaser setup. I'm a big mm -hmm. gear nut. I like love gear. So gear yeah, I had a sampler, yeah. I had an AM radio that I could like put through the guitar. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was more like, it was mostly like, I'm not a good guitar player. So it was mostly like noise. And Glenn, I have to say you were an inspiration seeing you play guitar and the way, um, especially there was some basement show at um, grandma's house, maybe where you were playing like mm -hmm. the flying V. Oh, yeah. and just seeing you play it and like be the front man that you were being and um just like kind of pushing the boundaries of the guitar without being like a shredder or something like that was definitely an inspiration to me because i was like That's... no man it's true because like i was like i'm not a guitar player but like the guitar is so much fun to play and it's this instrument that just like comes to life at high volume and with distortion yeah and, like it there's you know it's kind of like um i remember hearing Iggy Pop talk about, um, I think it was on like maybe Mark Maron's podcast or something like that, some interview with Iggy Pop. And he's talking about how when Ron Ashton got a fuzz pedal and they were sort of experimenting with the, almost like the sounds between the sounds, like how when you step on the fuzz pedal and it's like really high gain and the amp is cranked and the guitar almost is like playing itself in a way. So you're like, you're trying to wrangle this, this beast of an instrument, you know, that yeah. just has like, so many harmonics available to it and like I don't know it could be musical it could be noise it could be harsh it could be pleasant it's just like I love that about the electric guitar and so for me to play in cosmic and like I had always played in bands with guitar players that I admired so it was like you know like um people like Gracie and Haddon and Luke and like you know all these people from different bands that I've been in so it was like really fun for me to try and channel some of that energy that I had bared witness too so uh, yeah it was super That's fun perfect. Was great. yeah thanks yeah yeah i missed those days though it was fun and i've been saw a lot of it like different iterations over its short life too because it was just me and ashley mm -hmm. and then we added uh will henrickson and rose o'malley who are just excellent musicians super fun to be in a band with 
Like they learned all the songs before band practice, their first band practice. <laughs> awesome. was really wow. easy. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Really, really yeah. easy. Yeah. Yeah, we used to call it cause cause MC. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because it's stylized for those who the uninitiated. It's stylized like Mick, like McDonald's, because Cosmic is a character from the McDonald's universe that I just found on like the McDonald's Wikia page one day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Did you ever get any uh, promotional uh, food like a, like a, a Big Mac or like a Happy Meal or something? With oh, wait, Chris, I think you're breaking up. Can I? Uh, would you mind repeating the question? Uh, okay, sorry. I was gonna say that. Did you ever get any like promotional, like Happy Meals or or anything like? Oh, <laughs> uh, I wish. I mean, I was really gunning for a cease and desist. That's what I wanted. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I just think that like major brands and branding for some reason like really crack me up, and so it's really funny to try, try and rip it off um, in various musical endeavors. I feel like there have been a couple of examples. Cosmic is the most blatant one, but. <laughs> 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 yeah no i know what you mean yeah totally <laughs> yeah i'm trying to think yeah of any bands that's like where any bands where it's like uh yeah just like where um well i guess i mean johnny and the food masters <laughs> yeah yeah that's a perfect example yeah but, that's great <laughs> yeah, it took me a bit to even think of that but i guess maybe it's like a local, a local chain or something but yeah 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 no it's good though or um gracie and uh luke chayhawk and some of those other west coast folks have a band called um johan sebastian market basket oh damn (laughs) oh damn i didn't hear about that (laughs) yeah yeah i don't even know if there are any recordings i think i've just seen that their name has like appeared on a couple of bills um over the last couple of years like just every once in a while i think it's a very just a sometimes band but yeah it's a good name though nice yeah um yeah so uh you know with obviously like with the quarantine and everything um you know can't really get out and play shows before the quarantine uh were you playing shows in in new york city yeah we were just um so yeah carrie and i moved here in september of last year and it felt like we were just starting to like get some things off the ground we like uh Carrie was really busy booking some shows, so we played a couple of great shows. One at our new favorite place called The Windjammer, um, which oh, is like a bar here in Ridgewood. It feels super DIY. You kind of just put your name on the calendar, and then you're in charge of like running sound and running the door and like setting up the show and everything. It's super fun. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, it's a super cool spot. Like, I feel like you guys would really dig it. Yeah, so we played a great show there with um, our friends in Dougie Pool and Salt People. It was a really good show. Yeah, so we felt like things were really starting to get off the ground here. And then, um, yeah, the pandemic, of course, puts a damper on that. So to kind of change our expectations, um, mm-hmm. which is okay, obviously, for the sake of everyone's health. But it is sure. kind of a bummer because we <laughs> did move to New York for the specific purpose of playing more shows here. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's been, uh, you know, in a way, it's been kind of a nice step back um, to not play some shows and... Like I said, I started taking lessons again. I've been practicing. Um, we're making a lot of electronic music at home. So Carrie and I are learning a lot about that process and working together on that. Um, so there's more pleaser stuff on the way. 
in the works. Oh, great. Um, which has been really fun. Yeah, we're kind of like taking that in a whole new direction, which is feeling good. Yeah, it's been good. We also, we were back at my mom's house in Massachusetts for a while in the summer just to like get some outdoor space. And that was nice. Um, of course, it uh, made making music a little bit more difficult because it's like, you know, don't want to wake my mom up. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so it's been all right. It's been all right. How about you guys? Uh, any any music stuff going on? Uh, yeah, I mean, you guys usually are booking shows like crazy. So obviously the podcast, I'm guessing, is born out of uh, out of the uh, the pandemic. Yep, exactly. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like we had, you know, like it just kind of Glenn and I had mentioned to each other, maybe doing a podcast, but we never, we never really like for, for years, it, but it never, you know, really took off. It was just kind of like an idea. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I feel like a lot of times we'll come up with, with some idea, but there needs to be something that sort of pushes it kind of forward. Yeah. Um, like even like doing like a record label, we tossed around that idea for a while. And then it was like seeing back creeps. We were like, Oh, we should put out them. And that kind of pushed it forward. Totally. Um, yeah. 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 So this, yeah, this pretty much did. And like, we did a few just Glenn and me. And then we realized we're like, okay, yeah, this isn't going to work. Cause, cause it would just be like Glenn and I being like, let's talk about our favorite bands. And like, two hours later we're still talking about like one band <laughs> you know and it doesn't really like, like who the hell wants to like you know have us like listen to us jerk off for like two three hours yeah yeah i understand um, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we actually have another site for that no <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. well it is yeah, true but, though we we had a we, we had a, a we had a little known podcast known called uh, what is punk? I, I don't know. That might have been one of the first one or two, and that that was just really long. <laughs> yeah. And God, I, I, yeah, I don't think we I don't think it's Go associated on, with this. Yeah, it's kind of funny because like Brian, uh, good friend Brian Hickey, shout out to Brian, was like he listened to like one of them, and I'm like, he's like, yeah, I turned it off around like like 40 minutes in i'm like oh man you got like way further into it than i was i, I like around like 10 minutes i was like nah fuck this <laughs> <laughs> i mean That's i don't funny. even I, I don't really listen to the most of the podcasts and it would not because i don't think they're entertaining i just kind of i don't know it's weird i um i don't know but i, I i'm gonna like i have like plan i don't know if i'm gonna be able to get to it exactly but i want to like listen to each podcast and like anytime someone mentions a band uh like uh like do a playlist or something i've done that with a couple of them oh that's a great idea i would love to check out that that playlist that sounds great yeah totally i have a couple i've done one well i'm in the middle of the second one actually so there's only one that i have that's totally final is for uh, angela sawyer It's, it's really cool Cool. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, there it's on YouTube, so there are like ads in between stuff. But that, that was kind of like the only way to do it because some of the stuff is so obscure and like it's just like some of them are just videos of performances and stuff. Yeah, yeah, totally. No, that's awesome. I'd love to check that out, especially from Angela too, because Angela is such a inspiring performer and artist. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and exactly. And she does so many uh, things, and she's been in so many bands, and she just also name drops so many different things too. So it was really making the uh, the playlist. That's cool. Yeah, um, 
But yeah, and after like a few of those, we were like, okay, yeah, we should start having guests on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I feel you. Well, that's cool. I'm glad you guys are doing it. It's awesome. You've had such yeah, a good picture of guests too. Oh, uh, thanks. Yeah, I'm especially interested in checking out the Mickey Bliss episode. I haven't listened to that yet. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, I haven't listened to that one either. That was fun though. That's cool. Um, he's just such like, a, a, yeah. a mysterious legend to me, and I'd love to know more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he he really is, it, and uh, yeah, I mean, like just yeah, like, you learn just, something from it. Funny yeah. yeah, well, it's just like cool too. I just to kind of look at like his years of like service in a way, you know, because everyone always gets. It's like I get it. Sometimes people might not like playing like uh, you know the Cantab or whatever. But, I love um, playing there. Yeah, same, same, totally. Or, or like, do whatever we do there, it's just always been fun. But, like, I get, you know, some people might not necessarily like it, but I kind of just out of, like, also, like, I just really respect the fact that, like, he's booking shows for, like, ever and, and doing the sound every Thursday, oh, Friday, yeah. Friday for, 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 you know, forever. No, it's and awesome. Just, yeah, he's such yeah. a true head, you know? It's great. <laughs> yeah and also if you never if you've ever i don't know if you've listened to his music or not, uh, i have you know. dude it rules yeah, yeah. video mm-hmm. lizards <laughs> yeah exactly hell yeah yeah exactly yep. yeah it's great yeah. i love finding obscure stuff like that because like i'm so interested and I'm, i'll bet you guys could probably educate me a lot but i'm so interested in just like especially massachusetts music of the past i like love finding a good massachusetts band from the past because there aren't we don't have enough good claims to fame in Massachusetts obviously we have a few you know but like I don't know I'm, I'm just interested in digging deeper into into the the rich musical history <laughs> yeah do you know so yeah, Miami? video lizards was great for me what'd you say Lou Miami no who's that oh uh you gotta check that's, out that's Lou a great right, I'm writing that down Lou Miami yeah I'm writing classic, that down uh, Jim Leonard actually covered him in, oh that's sick in uh one of his songs there but yeah he yeah definitely a legend Cool. Okay, I'll scope that out. You guys know uh, Lazy Smoke? No. Oh, great psych band, like 1967-ish psych band from the Merrimack Valley, from, I think, Lawrence. Okay, wow. Yeah, so right next next door to my my hometown, Haverhill. Okay, sweet. Yeah, yeah. See, this is exactly like one one of the main reasons that we do the podcast is to like trace back like or find out about older stuff and just other stuff um even you know beyond boston but definitely boston for sure yeah yeah um yeah so uh, damn yeah thanks so much um oh shit what was i gonna say um i'm trying to think oh uh, it was another name i i it's like tip of the tongue I can't fucking think of it though, <laughs> but it's a Boston <laughs> band. Yeah, yeah. Way back. there's a lot of them. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of them. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'll yeah. Think of it. <laughs> you know, you got Aerosmith, you got the Cos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You got Boston. I mean, it's right. You got me. Boston. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My dad went to high school with uh, with Brad Delp in Danvers. <laughs> no oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a small oh, world. Yeah. Yeah, apparently a very nice guy. I've never been a big um, Boston fan. I'm not a big fan of the, the music of Boston so much, but apparently Brad Delps was a very nice guy. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I never got into them either. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can understand, like, the appeal of at least sure. like, like more than a feeling and everything, but, um, yeah, I just never really got into that. Yeah. I don't know. 
it's kind of fun. I'm like, I definitely, we were talking about earlier of like trying to like open, you know, be like more open-minded. I, I've be, definitely been more open-minded with like, like, with like music and uh, especially like I, I've been, I'm becoming more and more over the years open-minded to more like pop music. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. And just like, you know, it's kind of funny because I definitely as a kid being like, oh, you know, into like metal or punk or whatever, it was always like, oh, like pop that, you know, that sucks. Or yeah, yeah. Especially even though like a lot of the stuff I was listening to was actually like fairly popular. <laughs> you know, I know when you listen to, yeah. And you listen to it now and you're like, that stuff is actually super poppy. Like, yeah, I think exactly. About, yeah, yeah. I felt that way, but I thought like some 41 and Green Day were like the coolest bands of all time. And I listened to that. I'm like, it's no different than any top 40 songs. It's not bad. It's just no different than anything that's like on right. the radio. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Yeah. That's a, Dookie was the, uh, I think the first thing I can remember like listening to ever. That's awesome. Cause my brother got it when he was in seventh grade and I was in preschool. That's awesome. <laughs> you were in preschool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that rules. I, have, like, I have memories of listening to that and like, just like, jumping all over the house and everything and that's so cool um, yeah i mean that's still a great album it's a really good album yeah yeah exactly i yeah i mean i've, I've listened to i haven't listened to the whole album in a while but like i, I you know every now and then i'll listen to like some of the hits yeah of course but, uh, yeah <laughs> yeah we, exactly we, we gotta ask i don't well actually not i, I mean i gotta let i don't want to change the subject too much but i, oh, I, yeah, I, I thought of sure. something and chris and i sure. we, we were you know, sometimes we send like uh, cryptic messages to each other on different like weird music conversations. And one of the ones that Chris sent over was, and we I want to we want to ask your opinion on it. Is oh, wait wait just one oh wait oh. one thing before you <laughs> just hold that thought I just thought of it so uh, it, was, it was anyway it was Gertie Farish. Who oh that's you know a that. Boston artist. Oh yeah uh, yeah yeah. Gertie Fair. How do you spell that? Like G E R T Y F A R I S H. Oh, okay, cool. Glenn I've never actually, heard of that. Yeah, Glenn actually played with them a, a couple of years ago. Oh, that's awesome! I'm gonna check that out. Yeah, yeah, totally. Chimp, chimp yeah. rock, right? Hey, sorry, Glenn, go on. Yeah, chimp rock or whatever. It's funny. Like, I don't know if have you ever heard that before, chimp rock. <laughs> No, I've never heard that before. It's funny, like we had Dan <laughs> Shea on, and he was just like going through all this, like old, some of this old Boston stuff, and he's like, "Hey, if you guys ever heard of that?" And we're like, uh, "No." And he's 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 like, "All right, well, you guys being the guys that you are, that you know, that you would have known that." But anyway, so so this is my point, and it was just really funny. It's, a whole, it's like, like a whole genre, Travis. You would doesn't it sound kind of ridiculous? But if you like start looking it up, it's like it was a big thing. It was a thing, not big, but wow. a thing. Like 90s Boston, like yeah, like, yeah. Um, All right, nice. I'll be checking that out. That's cool. Thanks for the recommendation. <laughs> be busy for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> um. Wait, Glenn, what were you going to ask me? You said you send each other cryptic messages. Oh, yes. Uh, well, Chris, you can, he can finish. I'll let Chris finish my thought because he knew exactly what I was going to ask. Yeah, we're always finishing each other's thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> um, Definitely. So actually, yeah, we always do. It is like a big uh, thing between Glenn and me is just randomly sending these sort of like spiels or or the beginning of a spiel or just like random questions to each other 
And I really honestly, I don't really do this with anybody else, but because it's like the just kind of random, like nerdy stuff that, you know, it's like, okay, you know, whatever, we probably could spend more time doing other things, but it's, you know, I don't know, but it does open up some good discussion. So we, I asked Glenn this earlier today. I said, so what's better? I said three band bill versus four band bill. <laughs> I prefer a three band bill personally. Nice. Anyway. It, oh yeah. I guess the other part to that question, I would say as like a, as a, as a, well, I guess there's th- a few different ways you could look at it, but I would say as like uh, a person playing the show or as like a fan. Um, I think both. I think both. I want a three band bill. Unless it's four really sick bands. Uh, my reasoning, I just, <laughs> I just like the, uh, well, I like, I like the uh, keep them wanting more philosophy. If I'm playing the show, I like three bands for that reason. And uh, from an audience perspective, I feel like you don't get as fatigued. Um, maybe it's more memorable. Also from a band perspective, I feel like things run smoother. There's like a little bit more leeway with the time. It's not as much of a rush. Um, mm. I also, I'm just getting a little old. I like to get home early. <laughs> All excellent points. Yeah, <laughs> now, what are your guys' preferences? Well, Glenn, you can go first. Well, I, I'm actually I, I'm in agreement with you, Travis, from both from the from the fan well, mostly from the playing the show, but yeah, also from being a fan, but the extra layer that you know I looked into account and I think Chris might too is from you know booking the show. Dep- it kind of depends on the bands playing. If there's a touring yeah. band, then Oh, I know. Yeah. Uh, then that kind of further complicates it because it's it's as a sh- as a booker of shows it gets a little bit more tricky because you might not be able to get an ideal bill as an ideal bill as you would if you did four even though that's a little yeah it might be pushing it a little bit it could help it in in a number of ways um, yeah. But for yeah, because you don't want to make the touring band play last, right? Exactly, and you don't want to make them play first. And the four band bill, I agree. Like I've I've booked way fewer shows than you have, but when the times when I have, it's like it's easy to get a four band bill and then get kind of a newer band to play first. You know, who's like yes, maybe exactly. it's like you know maybe they haven't played many shows or maybe they're just like it's just a bunch of people who just started a band. It's like they'll be happy with the opening slot, and then everybody will be happy to see a new band too. And it gets things warmed up, and then you put like the band who's going to draw a lot of people towards the end. So I totally understand. Yeah, I totally get that. Of course. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty much similar to what I, I was thinking. It's like it's weird. It's like so like exactly from like a fan's perspective. I mean, general, I, I'm a very less is more yeah, kind of yeah. person. Uh, you know, and, and also I agree with the philosophy of keep them wanting more yeah. as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, like it's just really less, I mean, in general, I, I just, if, if, if it's more of anything, it just, I'd rather, yeah, if it's awesome, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, but if it's not awesome, then it's like, you know, why do I necessarily want more of it? Like even yeah, like, yeah. that's kind of why I like new bands a lot because it's something fresh. It, it sounds totally. kind of weird. I like, I totally get, I was saying this to Glenn the other day too, where it's like, 
I'm on, I'm such I'm a really weird fan in the sense that like I rarely ever get like really super excited about like someone's new album um, unless they're like a newer band because uh, unless again unless it's gonna be awesome but I'm always kind of like oh, fuck what you know I mean whatever you know I'm not I'm not yeah. as like interested and then a lot of times I just feel like historically disappointed <laughs> yeah. so I'm like it sounds terrible uh, you know. But I totally, I'm not saying like to any like musicians out there, like totally do your thing. And I'm glad you're doing it. Yeah. 100%. yeah. But like, you know, they'd be like, and I just hear people sometimes that are like, yeah, the new, like whatever, you know, Iggy Pop album, no offense to Iggy Pop or whatever, <laughs> you know, or, or whatever it is. I'm like, even like, I don't know, people will say whatever band it's like, it's like this is their 20th album or whatever. And it's like, yeah. Well, like the last like 13 weren't that great <laughs> <laughs> i know yeah no, i totally agree yeah or and like, a lot of the best bands have just like one or two albums you know and it's like yeah right yeah <laughs> so, i'd much rather yeah. hear like some new you know what i mean like i i don't know like what the, i don't know it's like uh you know who, whatever like band it is it's like i'm like very okay with like very okay with a band's catalog that already exists at that point. I don't need more. I don't mm-hmm. need any more. But yeah. if there is going to be more, I'd rather it be awesome. So it, with regard to like shows, I, I totally get the less is more. But I think what Glenn was saying from the booking perspective, it's a little bit trickier because, yeah, I mean, that young band or weird band, whatever, that might not have a draw, you know, it's, it, like that plays a factor because yeah, you, yeah it's like if you want to have those bands on though because you could totally do like a three band bill where let's say you have like just three bands that have a decent draw and they're all you know three local bands or whatever or even like two local bands with decent draw and like the touring one in the middle and that's totally makes sense and that's perfectly yeah. fine but then it's like you know but a large part of like booking for what i think like booking should be is exposing new artists you know new people out there yeah, you know totally. I mean, yeah or just exactly. not even necessarily even new just stuff you, that you have you know no one's ever heard before yeah putting like, together new sounds yeah yeah so like you know i mean obviously like i still think there's a good place for like, you know the tried and true if, it, if you if you believe in it and you, you enjoy it and everything but yeah so i mean that that so there, there's those components to it but like ideally though ideally three but yeah, I yeah. totally, I'm totally going to be, uh, you know, more often than not, it's like, it's like, it, we'll probably end up booking four just for Of course. Reasons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking three in a perfect world, but it's unusual that you have three bands who are going to draw people out and, yeah. you know, and also meet all the criteria, like, of, of introducing people to something new and it's not the show they've seen before and, like, yeah, of course. So I'm happy to play a four-band bill. Even sometimes a five band bill, but that's pushing it. Yeah, but then yeah. beyond that, it's clear festival. I like playing various types of festivals, you know, because then the sets are short and it's more fun. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Speaking of, you know what? I wanted to, well, maybe this isn't like podcast material, but I, I want somebody to do a round robin festival again. That hasn't happened in a long time. Oh, yeah, yeah. That would be perfect. I feel like you guys should, when shows are, are safe to happen again, I feel like you guys should put together a really fun round robin. That'd you know, awesome. I'm not telling you tell you what to do but i think that would be no awesome no no idea. i i want to do that as well i would absolutely love to i've only been to one of those i think uh the like there was the boston underground summit yep I, yeah and that was that was amazing i um i remember writing 
about it. And I said it was like a, sort of a, like a, an aggressive wine tasting for bands. <laughs> yeah, like a really aggressive <laughs> wine tasting. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember if I went to that one. I went to a couple. They had a bunch of them. Yeah. Like Elks back, that, back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They were always super fun. And uh, it was just such a great way to digest a bunch of new sounds. I definitely heard a bunch of like new crazy shit from those things. It was really cool. Yeah, yeah I, I have a scar on my on my elbow from uh, a, the first time I saw a funeral cone at the at the oh. Elks. <laughs> Damn, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then there's also and yeah. Was we also... Those... Oh no, sorry, Chris, you go on. Oh no, I was just gonna say it was at uh, uh, that was at the Boston Underground Summit Six, and fu- yeah, funeral cone played, but uh, that was one of them. And there was like yeah, there was like. Ronnie Nordak or immig- immigrants was a hip hop group that played, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was all these different sounds, and it was you know in different parts of the room. Totally, yeah, it's cool. Mm-hmm. What are you gonna say, Glenn? I was just gonna say, and while you know, since we're on a topic of, or at least a, a lot of the things we've been talking about, stuff that write down or remember later is along this line too. Is like we were saying to do a walking festival. At, that would after after that New Bedford one that we were telling you about, and even you know, yeah. in general the Walking Fests, to do that around here in Boston at venues at non traditional venues like non venues like Chris was saying, yeah, that that would be the dream too. That's a great idea. Yeah, I, I love that idea. Yeah, I mean it'd be yeah. perfect for now too. It's like well, I mean not not now, but uh, not right now <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh the future well, it's one yeah. Of those, yeah yeah exactly it's one of those things where i remember we felt inspired by that uh new bedford thing i don't really feel inspired that often but but um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um it, and uh the only my only thought was like because i remember I was talking about it but we're like fuck i don't know i feel like i don't even know if this would work in boston and everyone i was talking to about it like no this won't work in boston but it's kind of funny to me that makes me want to do it even more. I know that would be even better. Yeah. <laughs> so even if no one, I, you know, I actually, I have another crazy idea, which I, I still want to do some days. Uh, so I've, I've the, the latest I've ever seen a show or perhaps I should say the earliest I've ever seen a show was, um, or no, well, depending on how you look at it, it was like 5am is the latest I've been at oh, a show. Man, yeah. And then the earliest I've ever seen a show, I believe was like the Dirty Douglas that on Broadway Fest was like at like noon or 1230. Yeah, yeah it started. Or the also, yeah, also in Memphis, I think it was a similar thing. Like they've had the fest there. So I've never seen anything in between those hours. So I really want to see a show in between those hours. So I want to do like a breakfast show. Yeah, That's people can work good. nine to five. They can definitely play a show at nine. You know what they exactly. do? Uh, what they do out in um, in Worcester on New Year's Day every year, which I haven't been to this yet, but it always it seems really cool. It's always caught my interest. Is they do a noise brunch? Oh, I've heard of that. Day. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it seems cool. Yeah, I've never, never been to it either, but I I have heard of that. Yeah, well, that's kind of like yeah. So with that's similar with this idea. I really want to actually like start at like like the we at like six 
a.m. or something. That's <laughs> such a good idea, yeah. <laughs> yeah, th- thus far, I think Glenn, like Brian, I think v- Vanilla also was into yeah. the idea. Very few people, though, thus far, <laughs> really big into it. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not surprised by that assortment of people being into it. That's yeah, great. Exactly. You can put me on that list. I'm into it, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I think, though, when shows return safely, uh, you know, I think people will be more into it now than ever because it's like, fuck yeah, it's a show. And, you know, people I mean, are going to be hungry for shows, yeah. Exactly, yeah. And they'll be hungry for breakfast as well. <laughs> <laughs> They're just going to be hungry. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it all works out. Really, yeah. No, it'd be really cool to have, like, a show and then also, like, um, you know, like a, a, a buffet and, like, yeah. all their breakfast people. <laughs> they can... <laughs> you know. I love that. That's a great image. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Well, it's, it combines my like two favorite things in life, food and music. So <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm with you there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, actually I say this is a actually excellent segue. My other favorite thing in like the Simpsons, you had mentioned that you were watching the Sim- a lot of Simpsons. Lately. Yes. I've been, well, I must admit I've been falling asleep to the Simpsons lately. It's been my late night. Carrie and I will watch it. But it often keeps me up just laughing hysterically because we're in like season five, maybe right now, I think. Oh, I can't nice. remember which season we're in, but it's just, it's so, it's like peak. Oh, like yeah. A joke every minute and just so smart and so funny. It's been so good. Awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. That's yeah. My what's your, that's, uh, I was, what's that? Oh, I was going to ask what your favorite Simpsons episode is, if you have one. Uh, so my favorite episode is uh, actually in season five is Cape Fear. Cape Fear. Uh, that one, oh man, I see. I knew that I would. I would choke on the trivia talking to you because you're an expert. Okay, I'm looking it up right now as we speak. Cape Fear Simpsons. That's okay. Oh, which one? Uh, yes. Oh, oh my God. I, yes, we just watched this episode um, a couple nights ago. I love this episode. Yeah, <laughs> dude, it's great. Mine, um, I have, I, it's hard to say, actually. I don't know what my favorite. There are episodes that, I mean, there's so many good ones. I, we just watched Lisa's Substitute kind of recently. That's a really oh, that's good one. that's my second favorite episode, actually. Oh, it's so heartwarming. <laughs> it really is. That's, yeah. Um, yeah, because, oh, man. Yeah, it, it will take me too much to really get into it. But that, yeah, that, like, uh, that episode is amazing. My top yeah. three, so my third, like, favorite my top three is uh number three would be homer's enemy which is the frank grimes episode Dude, grimes yeah grimy that's such a good episode <laughs> yeah those are, oh, those are classics man i can remember like the i can remember watching those episodes as like a little kid when they were on tv you know so, yeah. so good yeah who's the best character who's the best what character yes oh man that's a tough call um i mean best in what regard you know because like I love Lisa because I think that everybody yeah. can learn something from Lisa's character. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Homer is the lovable buffoon, but you also relate to him, or I relate to him. I don't know. I shouldn't speak for everybody on that. Yeah, no, no, I, I, relate totally to really, I, I relate to him more <laughs> as I get a bit older, but he's also in the earlier years, he's like the downtrodden every man. Kind he's the every man, like, yeah. He, yeah, he's like, he's a fool, but he's, you know, has a, you know, you know, good heart in it. And he's like, a good heart. As the show goes on, he becomes more of uh, what the fans online uh, defend as jerk ass Homer. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's funny, yeah. 
Um, yeah, but early on, yeah, he's he's he has a good heart. Yeah. How about yeah. how about you guys? You got favorite characters? Um, yeah, I'm my my favorite character. Definitely. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> Glenn hasn't seen him. Oh, I gotta so check it out. That's, why, that's why I'm so you curious. Get on it. Yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> Well, it's pretty one of those things. Well, I, so I'll say my my favorite character is Homer, but I would say with Glenn, uh, here's the, I think it's you're never too uh, it's never too late to start getting into it, but um, you might not totally appreciate it because so many things have come since The Simpsons. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and, like which is unfortunate, but like I don't because you really I, I mean this is true of anything, any sort of art form I I think, but like you really have to think of it in the context that it was made, and uh, especially the first few seasons, I think you might just maybe maybe not, but they might not totally like enthrall you. Um, so I would actually probably I wouldn't start at at season one because you're probably gonna yeah. be like what's this fucked up like 1990 animation it's and yeah, it's what's very, a shitty I, animation <laughs> yeah because I mean, it was really I, I still think it is the most subversive show because yeah. and and you know and and the thing is but at the same time you're you might watch those especially the earlier seasons and be like oh well this isn't subversive at all and in by our standards it's not at all but you have to again remember where it was coming from you know yeah where, you know not only was it an animated show, but it was it was also one of the first shows. It wasn't the first to really show a family, portray a family as they actually are. You know, as families actually are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and uh, you know, and, and they kept digging more and more into the the general like American lifestyle and just 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 how like ridiculous it is, and like just little examples of like. Uh, you know, again, some things are also going to probably be dated because the show is 30 years old. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, I mean, but it, again, it's just uh, like when John Waters was on the show, you know, he, he's, he's saying like, I never realized how subversive it was to like every week. I'm paraphrasing whatever he said, but I, re I remember one time he said like, he didn't realize how subversive the show ever was until like he started meeting people and, and on the street and they'd be like, they knew him from The Simpsons. And, you know, with all the subversive crazy shit John Waters did in his movies, said that's still like the biggest thing he's ever done. And so, you know, in that sense, that's how like subversive the show is by, by just how popular it is and that it was reaching people with these things that were really challenging uh, society, you know, societal norms. You know? Yeah, yeah, totally. In little little ways, I think, like even like Lisa being uh, becoming a vegetarian, you know. Yep, that's when true. Kids, yeah, kids growing up with that, you know. Um, Bart also was uh, an anti anti authoritarian figure, unlike anything that come before him. That's definitely true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but now, you know, if you're just seeing this today, that's not going to really like. That's not going right. to come through. That's true. Well, because like adult adult theme cartoons have like the art form is. I mean, The Simpsons set the stage, and the art form has like gone so far in so many different directions. You know. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. For, for better and worse, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. For better. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, 
yeah no i know uh, other great characters i think uh, for me are like also like sideshow bob of course like uh, lionel hutz oh, yeah you know like, oh my again, god i know yeah uh hank scorpio even though he's just uh <laughs> you know he's a one-off it's still like an amazing character yeah so good oh yeah. they're great yeah i mean i i could go on and on but uh yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah you're in the midst of uh one of the best seasons of the show. I'd probably. Oh, I know. Favorite. It's so good. My favorite is the fourth season, but I think the fifth is the funniest. Yeah. Yeah. Lately, I've been in it for the laughs, but the writing is still is so good. And like, I don't know, the morals are strong. It's, it's nice. It's, it's good. It's very wholesome. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that, you know, there is like, uh, you know, we had uh, Shawnee Brando on. We were talking about The Simpsons, and he said he, he always liked that it was like there's a sweetness to it that always had like a happy ending. Yeah. You know, and it, it's like, again, I think that adds, it's weird. It, it sounds like it doesn't, but like, again, it, to me, it adds to the subversive character of the show because if they were like, again, so many things have come since then that can be a lot more subversive. Yeah. But within that context of if they were going to do something that was totally like radical, they would, they wouldn't, it wouldn't have gotten through, even if it was able to air, it still wouldn't have, you know, gotten through to so many people. That's so like true. I said, like little by little, you know, little by little, you realize how subversive it is like John Waters yeah. being on the, you know, on the show and, and like, or like Lisa being a vegetarian, just these like little things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but they still um, managed they to wrap like, it up and put a nice bow on it, like, and have a happy ending at the end. So it's like still fits the format of like your uh, what was yeah. expected of American TV at the time. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So it's like, can't now for that show to like work today. It's that's not probably going to work that way because it's just like okay, well, the, you know, what I mean, you've had things like South Park that have come since. Yeah, you know, exactly. But, but that wouldn't have happened at that time, or to appeal to as many people. So they really were able to get in these other like aspects of our culture and like r more radical ideas through Definitely. this this family sitcom yeah yeah totally the other show like that of course is king of the hill i'm a huge king of the hill fan yeah you know what's funny is like i've actually never got into king of the hill oh like i've great. seen it before but yeah I, i'm i'm gonna have to rewatch it because i remember watching it uh, i mean i've watched it every so often over the years yeah and I, I even watched it when it was new actually like i remember the first episode when yeah it was new as a kid, for me, it was just a show that came on between Simpsons episodes. Like, there was one channel that would, WNDS was the channel, I think, broadcast for me, that would play Simpsons, or maybe it was like Seinfeld, King of the Hill, Simpsons, or something like that. And so King of the Hill was always in between, and I was kind of, I was always like pissed it was on. Right. I recommend it. I, you know, you don't have to watch it, but I recommend it. It's super dry and super slow. Again, that's another show that will um, be in my, like, falling asleep with uh, the, the TV on cycle. Mm -hmm. it's pretty gotcha. easy. yeah yeah um i was gonna say uh so just to shift to a a different topic we so we ask like everyone this question and uh so uh let's sorry let me phrase it so Without going off you yeah with that, <laughs> all right so uh what shows uh when when do you think the shows will return like like people going inside like a regular show and not just something that's you know outside or whatever like that 
when do I think it will return? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that places will start having shows too soon and it will right. not be responsible. Um, I want it to return very soon, although the world and the United States hasn't done a very good job getting this pandemic under control. So. Right. <laughs> but I can't wait to go to a show again, of course. But it's, I'm not ready to like go inside and dine in at a restaurant yet, you know? Right. So, yeah, same. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, well, if you I mean, had to... that scene comes, but what'd you say? Yeah, exactly. If, uh, no, exactly. I'd say if you had to predict like a, a time frame, what would you say? Um, I'm going to say, well, wishful thinking next summer. Mm, that's what I'm saying, right? That's yeah. what I've been saying mm -hmm. yeah i'm yeah i'm thinking summer or even possibly next fall next but i'm fall, thinking yeah. optimistically summer or either way whatever it is like uh um it's not gonna be whether it's like shows or anything like that when we people like open up or whenever or whenever a vaccine arrives it, there's not gonna be because i keep hearing i've heard people say like i can't wait for the day for this day it's like it's not gonna be like just one day where like it's true it won't just be like everything's open again yeah <laughs> yeah and, and i'm sure this the same thing will happen with with shows i'm sure people will probably like you said unfortunately probably do stuff sooner than they should be and then i'm sure other people will be a lot more cautious um yeah i mean who knows but uh, it's just funny because, yeah, I mean, we started this podcast, I think, in like April or something uh -huh. <laughs> or, or May and uh, something like that. And it was funny that there ha there were some people who answered that question initially, like, I, I think I think by like the fall, maybe September <laughs> like this year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is I mean, yeah, when when this all like when everything hit the fan in March, like. I was kind of thinking, I just had no idea. Like, obviously, we have never lived through something like this before. So I was like, yeah, maybe a month, maybe two months. But, yeah. yeah. Well, so it's funny. I've mentioned this a few times before, but my oldest brother, um, he, uh, his, his company, they're, like, they're working on uh, the vaccine. And so, like, he, this was, like, way back in, like, March, at, like, the beginning of this even before we went on to lockdown, he like, he was like, all right, uh, so do you, do you want to know like the truth or do you want to know, like, do you want, cause like there's certain people, he was just like, ah, I just, I, he's like, I, I kind of had to get like sugarcoated a little bit, but you know, and uh, he said, everything he said thus far has come true. And oh. like, he said that he's like, yeah. So like within the next few days, we'll go on, we'll probably, we'll probably get it going to a lockdown. It's like, uh, things won't probably reopen again. It will slowly, but things might reopen like in like, like the spring, you know, like the way that they did like with the with the dining and stuff. And then he's like, you probably won't see like a, you know that you know he's like a vaccine or anything till like uh, fall of 2021. So he's like, wow. I, yeah. I, now the thing is, now he's a lot more optimistic about that though. He That's thinks that would, that would be much sooner. But so like, this was like back in March. I'm like thinking like, I'm like, so when would I be able to like go to a show? That's like the first one, the first things. And then like, obviously after like, well, do you think like, you know, what about like, you know, people, you know, dying and stuff like that and yeah. all that stuff and just general concerns. Like when would it be like the first time uh, when I would be able to go back to a show? He's like, 
I mean, he's like, I don't know, man, but probably not to like, he's like, probably not to like fall 2021. Wow. Yeah. Like, yeah. And like, I, yeah. And so like, I, I kind of like, I got very anxious very early on to this and then I sort of accepted that and just sort of like, I'm like, all right, I gotta like rebuild yeah. my life from around, you know, as everyone has, you know, has or whatever. Course, yeah. but, but so like, you know, obviously there's like the bullshit you hear on TV and every stuff, you know, that, you know, people will start to realize hopefully that, you know, it is bullshit, but I don't know. Yeah. Kind of like, I guess known for a while that it's, it's, you know, it's going to be a long haul. So I sort of, yeah. you know, um, but again, now in what he's saying, and I've seen some other people say that they're more, way more optimistic than they initially were about the vaccine. So. Oh, that's good. So that's encouraging to hear. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. hopefully it will be sooner later. But that that was it was kind of um, maybe not 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 funny per se, but uh, people would sometimes be like, "Oh, I think maybe you know in the fall." And I'm like, ah, I, don't, "I don't think so." Yeah. <laughs> like this year. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. Well, I'm cautiously optimistic, but um, yeah. I mean, it's just you know we have no choice, so we all have to accept this state of new normal and find ways to get our music out there and get our art out there and express ourselves. I know a lot of people are uh, nose to the grindstone right now, just like developing new skills and working on new records and stuff. So I'm excited to hear that stuff, of course. But, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. A lot yeah. Of we'll stuff see. It'll be an interesting that. time. Creative, What'd you say? Juices, creative juices are flowing. They, they are flowing. Are. They are, hopefully mm -hmm. they're flowing. But they also don't have to be flowing because this is a harrowing time to be alive in the United States. So yeah, true. for those who they're not flowing, I don't want to make anyone feel bad who's not feeling creatively inspired because it's, it's a tough time. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, and it, if you have any new music, either way, n no pressure. But if you do or if you have any or whenever you make anything new, totally like let us know. I will, of course, yeah. Pop it over to you guys as soon as I can. Um, yeah, there's pleaser stuff in the works. Um, nothing that's going to see the light of day yet, but we're we're very happy with how things are coming along. Um, yeah, there's some some rumblings in other musical endeavors, including uh, half sour and maybe uh, iteration of Patty Melt that might come about in the next year or so. But we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Because did you? I thought uh, you put out some pleaser stuff in May, right? Yeah, we did. We put out a record that we recorded. Um, it's funny. We actually recorded it all like in the two days before we left Boston. We, like, oh, wow. we crammed awesome. it in like, or like in the week before we left Boston, we crammed it in like the weekend before. And then like on my lunch breaks, I would like go over to Harvard where Caulfield had like his studio set up and Carrie and Caulfield would be like working on the recordings. And I would like record my parts and then I'd go back to work. <laughs> it was a crazy week for us. Yeah. So we were sitting on that record for a while and then it, yeah, it came out in May on um, Anxiety Pop, which is Zoe Weiner's um, tape label. So we have tapes. Uh, we haven't promoted it very much because we're kind of waiting until um, time is right to promote it. Yeah. But we do have tapes. So if anybody wants a tape, you can get in touch with either me or Carrie and we can get you one. But uh, Hell yeah. Yeah, it's out there. And it's also on um, Spotify. Oh, sick. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Cool. yeah. All right, sweet. Well, so, thank you. Um, I know, obviously, again, like, I, I mean, I know we all have work in, in the mornings. So, yeah. again, thank, thank yeah, you thank so you much. Thank you so much, Trevor.
Yeah, oh, man, it was my it. pleasure. I love talking to you guys. I can't wait to sweat at a basement show with you again at some point. We will. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Can't wait to be in that, uh, that, like, now that I think, when I see pictures of shows and stuff, I'm like, oh, my God, there's no social distancing. Everyone's going to get <laughs> yeah, sick. Yeah, 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 I can't yeah. wait to be in those conditions again. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so weird. I've seen stuff. Like, I've been sometimes watching a movie, and I'm thinking, like, everyone's sitting close together. I'm like, and you just, like, forget. You're like, oh, yeah, it wasn't like that up until, you know, eight months yes, ago. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> up until March 2020. That's right, yeah. man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually, before we go, as you know, uh, Glenn actually got married a week before. Um, what? You know, the shit hit the fan. Yeah. Yes, sir. I did not know this. Congratulations. I'm sorry I didn't know that, Glenn. Congratulations. You, no, appreciate it. Yep, right before the shit hit the fan, and uh, things are going well. Yes. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. Well, that's awesome. Yep, we'll never forget yep. running into you and Carrie and Portland, Maine. Portland? Portland, Maine. It was a great time. I look fondly on that memory. Yes. Yep. That's great. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, and give Carrie our best too. Yeah. Yes. Totally. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Say hi to Carrie for us, and we'll definitely have to have her on the podcast. Yeah, sometime. I'm sure she'd love to. Yeah, hit her up. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you guys. Yeah, I miss you guys, sure. but uh, this was great. So thank you very much. You too. Yeah, totally. All right, have a good man. night. Thanks. You too. Take care. All right. Later.